Camp, Camp, Camp Radio. Camp Radio. Camp. Welcome to Camp Radio, a podcast production of TN Baptist Camps, the official camps and conference centers of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. Camp Radio, discussing trends and issues that will encourage ministries and churches in their efforts to impact people for Christ. To learn more about TN Baptist Camps, visit us at tnbaptistcamps.org. Now, today's Camp Radio. Thank you for joining us on Camp Radio. My name is Kevin Peerage, and I'll be your host. During the times of limited gathering during the months of COVID, the church continued to flourish. Uh, we have with us today Joel and Angie Kirk, and Joel is the pastor of Real Life Church in Bristol, Tennessee. Joel, Angie, thank you for joining us today. It's good to be here. I'm excited. Thank you for having us, Kevin. Well, Joel, uh, it's been... Uh, we, I think we decided a, a year, a little over a year, since uh, we did our last interview, and it, yeah. and it was before COVID. So we determined the date was February of 2020. Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day, and a couple of days before you turned 40. So we kind of had this mark that we can kind of figure it out. You know, I think that's neat that it was so close to COVID. And so, so you've had some dramatic things happen in your church which has been very exciting. I know the Baptist Reflector had a big article written up about what God had right. been doing during that time. And so that's kind of what I want us to talk a little bit about. But first of all, before we get into that, I think we I'd like to kind of recap a little bit about you, you and your wife, especially we have your wife here today. So uh, just kind of tell a little bit about your story. I met my wife actually for the first time 23 years ago here. Now, I, I didn't didn't even like her then. We didn't even start dating remotely soon, but we were both at Outback Camp. She was from Raleigh, North Carolina at the time, and I was from Joel's church, the guy who leads. Bethel uh, Baptist, yeah. Uh, Bethel View Baptist, who, who leads Outback Camp. We met here originally, uh, and then I met her again when my band was playing a coffee house in Raleigh. And um, her youth minister was one of the youth ministers that was always involved uh, at Outback Camp, but we've been in ministry. Well, we've been married for 19. It'll be 19 in October of this year. Yeah. 19 years this October. We've been in ministry since, well, really. It's just something that we've always done in, in one way or another. So sometimes it's been volunteer. Sometimes we've worked in the church. Other times ministry was just what we did at work, which I believe everybody's in full-time ministry. They're, they are influencing people where they live, where they work, where they play. And they're influ and you're either influencing people for Jesus or against Jesus. So yeah, we've always been in ministry, married almost 19 years. Uh, we never had any kids until almost a year ago when we took in um, our, our, we call her our daughter now, yeah. uh, took her in last October. She was a junior in high school at the time. She's a senior, starting her senior year. And uh, so we became parents overnight and skipped the diapers. Yeah, it's been really interesting to go from like not having to parent anyone to now this practically grown human being who really actually is just searching for a lot of guidance and direction because she's had to pretty much take care of herself. So it's really been it's been interesting to see how it affects the dynamic between the two of us as well in our marriage. Now having this person who's there and watching everything, listening to everything, catching things that you don't think that they've noticed. Or so. thinking you're arguing <laughs> when you're really and, and bringing it up. <laughs> and then she goes away and we're kind of like, were we arguing? Yeah. <laughs> didn't feel like an argument, but I guess, it, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Well, yeah. and I was listening to our, our, our first podcast, and you said during that time you didn't have children, but you had your dogs. Yes. Great, great Danes? Two Great Danes. Yes. So yeah. your, your family's increased. Yes, it yes. has. During COVID. During COVID. Uh, well, we have a cat now, too. She <laughs> oh, yeah. She came with, with a cat. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> she. Let, let me tell you something. This is a beautiful, yeah. um, incredible young woman who um, di- didn't have a church upbringing, doesn't have the backgrounds that we have in church with Christian parents, but God has protected this little girl's heart. And even though we led her to Jesus and Angie actually baptized her, God has protected her heart and she's a little minister now on her own. She came home from school not long ago and said, I've been praying before I eat lunch and they're at assigned tables now. So she has four other people assigned to her table. And she said, they started asking her to pray for their food. Now the only one of them is a profession Christian before you knew it. They started asking her, can I pray the next time? Wow. So they started praying. Well, then she missed school a couple of days and they were texting her, letting her know they prayed. And then they approached her about starting a Bible study. Yeah. And so she came to us and she's like, I don't know anything What's about happened? the Bible. I don't know what to do. What am I going to do? You know? <laughs> and so we, we took her to, to you version and some of the, um, Bible studies that she could do on there, but we, we've actually got her, um, we're going to get her to take them through the purpose driven life because we think that's kind of just, that's a good starting block for people who either are brand new Christians or even don't know Jesus. But it's, it's cool. It's a cool story. It would be neat to go, you know, if we waited 10 years, did another podcast and find out where she is mm-hmm. and where, yes. what, if God has led her into a ministry. Oh, oh, I believe it with all of my heart. I, we, we really believe God created her for something very special. And like he said, for her to have experienced the life that she's experienced, but still have such a positive outlook on people in general is really a God thing because, you know, life happens and the more you interact with people, especially when the people who are supposed to love you, no matter what, don't love you, no matter what, to still have that minister's heart and want to help people and love on people is, is absolutely, we believe she'll be in ministry and it won't take 10 years. I'm sitting here listening to you guys. I'm thinking, man, there's so much that has gone on in your life. (laughs) It's not just a church, but your family has grown. And now are you still by vocation? Uh, no, no. Actually, um, yeah, God worked things out for him to actually go full-time in September of the pandemic year. Yeah, wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I, the, the so has pandem- it been a year yet? In September, it'll be a year that you went full-time. Okay. So let's talk about, let's talk about before COVID. What, what was, uh, I think that our, our, our podcast in February of 2020, you were around about 150 people. And you've been right. in you said you've been in your building since uh, about six months. It was right? July 2018, I believe, when we moved into the building because mm-hmm. we started April 2018. We moved like, you know, yeah, that we, summer. Yeah, we started in April. But then uh, we purchased it a year we later. We purchased it, purchased it in 2019, yeah. And so what was what was life like at the church? Uh, kind of right around our interview time mm-hmm. is when you're talking about. So... You know, there as any pa- and look, I, I'm a young pastor, and I'm not going to sit here and pretend to even know what some of these just generals of the faith have gone through. But there are good days and bad days. There are days where you're full of faith and nothing can stop you, and then there's days where you just want to lie down 
and give up. It's hard to tell what <laughs> it's hard to tell what day that what you know which day I was on when you were there. Um, I do know that right after your interview is when the Baptist Reflector called me. Someone from Nashville called and wrote that story. The, the church was was moving along. I mean, you know, when you're a church plant, you're almost always growing, uh, in, unless you don't grow. You know, we started with um, our very first public service had 40 people, and then we just continually grew. Back then, I had told you about how we were losing some people when it came down to social uh, issues. Uh, our, the local newspaper ran several stories on us, and the guy who does those stories is like, man, you know, from the outside, you guys look so progressive. But you get in here, and you listen to your sermons, and you find out how conservative you are. Yeah. And, and we're not American conservative Christians. We are Bible Christians. Bible's not American, right? right. Jesus yeah. was not American. We are biblical people. We we have to put out there, um, you know what, right around that time. But let me read to you a letter that I wrote to um, a couple who had emailed our church. They were what we would say does not fall under God's best for their lives. So at our church, we have people who are cohabitating. We have people who are in homosexual relationships, a lot of those people wind up leaving when they find out our stance. Uh, but somebody had emailed the church and they asked this question, would they be welcome at Real Life Church? And I actually, this is actually getting preached this Sunday because I recorded my message because I was going to be here. So I, I read this to the church. Anyone is welcome to worship at Real Life Church. We believe everyone needs a community where they can be challenged and inspired to grow as followers of Jesus. We, we don't want to change anyone. We don't want them to change us, but we need Jesus to change us all. We do, however, hold to a traditional biblical worldview when it comes to sex, sexuality, and marriage. We do not affirm any lifestyle that is inconsistent with what we believe the Bible teaches, though we will respectfully love everyone. We have a heart for those outside the church, and we believe in a God who loves you right where you are. We believe it's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. That's why it's our mission to be real love in the real world. We don't like to make one-size-fits-all statements, but I would love to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with you if you have time in the next week or two. So that was a letter yeah. that, or an email that I wrote to a couple in 2018 hmm. who was asking, would they be welcome in real life church? So everyone's welcome. Everyone's invited to the table, but not everyone speaks at the table. When you want to grow a church, uh, in fact, I'm, I said this to one of my board members the other day. We're, we're having an issue with homosexuality coming up again. And why do we have to stand against that? Why do we have to speak against it? And uh, I said to my one of my board members, I said, it sucks that we have to keep a biblical worldview. It's tough. It's not. And you know, that's why so many churches and so many pastors are giving in because it is tough. Yeah, it's really hard, especially you know? in today's culture where if you disagree with me, you hate me, which is not true. And I don't know if it was the same elder, but you know, we have a lot of spiritual wisdom. We've been blessed with some spiritual wisdom on our lead team. And he's also, he's always cautioning us to remember that while we hate this sin, we cannot that let that bleed over into also hating the person. And it's such a fine line there, especially in today's culture, because to them, it's one and the same. If you don't agree with the way that I'm choosing to live my life, then you hate me. And that's really difficult to navigate these days. Which we need to be very clear. 
being homosexual does not send you to hell. No. Rejecting Jesus. Yes. Right. Now, I believe whatever your sin issue is, if you've come face to face with the real Jesus Christ, you will either accept him or reject him. I believe there's a lot of people out there saying they love Jesus. Hey, you can love Jesus all day long and not submit to him. Right. Okay. So I believe there's a lot of people out there who love Jesus, but they've never surrendered their life, their desires, their hopes, their dreams. Like, like we've had to lay a lot of things down at the cross. We've had to sacrifice a lot of things. So being homosexual within itself, I don't believe that sends you to hell. It's not going to send you to hell any more than cohabitating. And the church has been okay with uh, not looking at people living together outside of marriage. You don't look at a man and a woman living together outside of marriage for the most part and say, you're going to hell for this. But you're, but what you do go to hell for is rejecting Jesus. And I believe people who hang on to their sin. Well, what is it? I said a few weeks ago, if the gospel that saved you didn't change you, then it probably didn't save yeah. you, you yeah. know? Yeah. And so, and that's a hard, it's a hard thing to hear, but if it didn't change you, it didn't save you. I don't even uh, have no idea. If we answered your question. <laughs> uh, well, so what was it like? So that's, well, that's what it was like then. I, I had to write that letter and we're still dealing with it now. It's even more. 2020 was one of the most divisive years. You couldn't have an opinion about anything. And, and I actually had people leave our church who um, said, uh, one family in particular said they had listened to my hate speech for a year during 2020. Now, what they heard me say is, any organization who says they want to dismantle the Western Christian value system that comes with a man and a woman in marriage, I said, any organization that wants to dismantle that, mm-hmm. I'm not for them. And that was the BLM movement. On their website, they literally said they wanted to dismantle God's version of the family. Mm-hmm. Now, that's gone. They've taken it off of their website. I can't find it anymore. I read it for myself. Yeah, I looked at them. Because the enemy is smart enough mm. that when he realizes he went a little mm. too far too quick, he'll change. So, uh, you know, I, I guess people felt like it was hate speech, but we, we love all people. We believe Jesus loves. I don't care what race you are. Yeah. I want to be a multicultural church. We are, and we will continue to be. Now in Bristol, there's not a lot of multiculture going on. <laughs> but so 2020, uh, we closed down for 12 weeks uh, in March uh, when the governor said, and we wanted to be good citizens. So the first two services we did from our living room, uh, we had one of our worship leaders come over and we all just played music, sang. And then, yeah. and then as I was preaching that first week, I was, I, I can't even remember. What was book. it the first week though? Because I think at that point, for whatever reason, we hadn't really been meeting. And I think it had been mostly just you and I for a couple of weeks at home. Well, I, I don't know. It, it had been a long enough time where it was probably about three weeks into being shut down that we had one of our worship leaders. Like, if you guys are comfortable, mm-hmm. she and her husband came. He ran the camera for us. And then, um, yeah. Well, that's not the part that, that, that I'm really focused right, on. The, right. the part that I'm focusing on is I read out of the New Testament, and I normally skip over Paul's greeting. Maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't, but I'm not. that's not mm-hmm. usually a meat for a sermon for me. But as I read, and I can't remember which book I was reading. It could have been Corinthians. I don't know what it was. But, um, man, I broke down and started crying. Because reading Paul's greeting to the people saying, I wish I could be with you. I can't, but I wish I could. Like, it brought a whole new meaning. Yeah. Because we were in a situation where we couldn't be together. So I broke broke down crying. It was like, 
I had kind of stepped out of the frame for a minute and I, I just was like, okay, he's, he's really lost it here. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was. And this was on Facebook live. Yeah, there was this no is editing live. This is not like we're going back and editing. This is happening in real time. And people were like, give that pastor a hug for us. I mean, like it was, <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. Yeah. yeah. So then we started going back to the church. We had the full worship team. Well, now I want to go back. I want to go okay. back to something on that day. So that happened, and I started getting Facebook messages about, will you guys be home later, this, that, and the other. And a couple of our people had organized a drive-by parade in our neighborhood because yeah. he, they saw him break down. And we had probably, I don't know, 15 or 20 cars just come through the neighborhood. They set a box in the yard, and they put things like rolls of toilet paper <laughs> in there. my favorite Mexican. His, his, yeah, his favorite dinner handmade cards oh the yeah. kids some of the sweetest things in there were from the kids just handwriting notes and talking about how much us. they love pastor joel and that was probably one of my favorite things that happened in 2020 was just our people really coming together to support uh their pastor and the cool thing about that is it was organized by a brand new believer yeah. who had been coming around our church he had really just started he got saved that december mm -hmm. i believe so after that, we uh, the worship team came back when they were comfortable. Uh, we never actually said no one can come in. So anytime somebody showed up, we let them come in. During now, I didn't find this out till just now, till a, a week or two ago. But during 2020, when we finally did open back up, uh, and man, when when the governor said churches are allowed to meet again. I think there were some restrictions, but our building, like you, you were supposed to go in one door, but exit another one. Well, we didn't, we don't have that. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> we did what we could. We, we, man, we spent money that we didn't have to get hand sanitizers. Those things are expensive oh, yeah. to get hand sanitizer stations. So we, we did everything that we could, but let me tell you what's incredible. A man and his girlfriend who moved here from Florida, I think his mom lives in Bristol. He, he had, he's been clean for five years now off a heart. He was a hard drug addict for years. Met Jesus. Well, he says he got saved at our church, but he got clean five years ago. They were on their way to their neighbor's church. But when they got there, they were closed for COVID for whatever reason. So, and he said, we dressed up. Now, we're not the kind of church where you dress up, but he, he said, we look too good to go home. Right. <laughs> so they were on their way back home, and they saw we had cars. So they stopped at Real Life Church. Him and her are now growing in Celebrate Recovery. We just started Celebrate Recovery. Um, he's a part. Him and her are a part of that. He gave his uh, last month. We did a whole series uh, on people's stories. We interviewed a couple of single moms. We interviewed this guy and some other people and used their stories in the message. And this guy, and during his uh, story is when I found out that 20, like the only reason they're there is because they went to a church that was closed. Wow. And so we get to be a part of their story. And uh, so that was amazing. Um, in 2020, we baptized 40 people when we opened back up. Not all of those 40 got saved at our church, but some did. Others got saved at, in other places. But 2020 happens, and I say to my wife, because, you know, I'm, I'm the most positive person in the world. <laughs> I'm like, well, church plants don't make it past two years as it is. What about a church plant that has no backing, no planting church? Like, like just, we started it on our own. And I was like, there's no, there's no way. There's no way we're going to make it to uh, 250 people, 300 people, which which a lot of church planting people tell you that that's a self-sustaining number. 
I had this false sense of security. If we could reach 300 people, we'd be able to sustain ourselves. Well, 2020 happens, and I'm like, it's, it's not going to happen. Yeah. We still grew, though, you know, to like, kill us. we still grew. We did. We grew it, to 200. To over, like, we would probably average around 220 the rest and of then, 2020. Now, when we came back, this is something very important. When we came back off of 13 weeks of quarantine, I said to my leadership team, I really believe God is telling me to go to two services. Mm-hmm. There was something, there were two things that I told him that I really believed God was telling me it was, and I can't remember what the other one was, but two services was one of them. Mm -hmm. And the one thing that we've done at Real Life Church is we believe big faith. It has to be so big, we can't accomplish it on our own. Like, God, if you don't do what you've told me to do, you're going to have a big problem. (laughs) Or you're going to shut us down, (laughs) you know. It's impossible to please God without faith. If there is a formula to to anything, it's have big faith. Uh, Well, and, and I've also said this. If you know God's word, you know that God's for people. So if, if you're wanting to know if God's calling you to do something, ask yourself, is it going to benefit me or is it for people? And does it require big faith? If it's those two things. So anyway, we went to two services. Mm-hmm. We are now, uh, at Easter, we had 507 people. Wow. We had people getting saved all the way up to Easter. We had a girl get saved a tech girl who runs our lights. Yeah. She got saved at the Easter rehearsal, the last Easter rehearsal. Really? The Holy Spirit yeah. begins convicting her. She starts yeah. crying. One of our uh, leaders goes over to her, took her back. Uh, Beth took her back to a room. And when she came out, she said, Bree just gave her life to Jesus. Wow. Yeah. Good Friday service. Two of our leaders, teenagers gave their lives mm-hmm. to Jesus. Yeah. Wow. We had a couple um, baptisms Easter Sunday, but not that many. But the very next week, we had seven. Yeah, well, and on, on Good Friday, God also actually gave the gift of healing to some people. That That's really been a big thing for me mm-hmm. is, um, you know, we always talk about prayer and we talk about how this prayer... Is a Baptist. I understand that. Okay. <laughs> However, I'm just saying, he wanted my side of the story. <laughs> you know, we talk about the only thing we can do is pray. And I get... In our limited vocabulary, that makes sense. However, prayer is the most powerful weapon that we have as believers in Christ. And I say it is a weapon because it changes things. When we truly come to the Father and ask Him for things, He tells us that, you know, if the birds of the air don't have to worry about where they're going to sleep or what have you, how much more important then are we to, to the Father? And so... I just really felt like God told me to pray for one of my uh, vocal team members who um, had been having some issues with her feet. And I just, I was going to let somebody else do it because he has done it. And it's just, he's the spiritual leader. Like he's got wisdom and God was like, no, I want you to do it. So I did. And we got up to sing um, our last song for the night. And there was just a moment where it's just music. And all of a sudden I hear, y'all, my feet don't hurt. There's been a one time she said it's come back, but it was because God was reminding her, hey, I can do this. If I can do this with your feet, trust me in other areas. So prayer has, my prayer life has totally changed because of the belief, finally, that when God says to pray and ask and anything that you ask in my name, I will give it to you. And so... That's been a big thing for me since the pandemic is just my prayer life and really understanding that it is a weapon and that we are to wield it. Uh, 80 of us got COVID. 
Oh, in, yeah, in, wow. In November. So it, it, shut us, <laughs> it shut us back down for, uh, so in November, just before Thanksgiving, uh, I mean, just one after another was calling me. Yeah. We got, we got tested. We're positive. Some people got really, she got really sick for 18 days. Yeah. I didn't at all. And I was feeling really guilty. And one of my leaders said, you know what? Don't feel guilty. God's preserved you. Re- encourage your people. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I spent that time trying to encourage everybody who was sick. But we opened back up in January. That's when we went to two services. Not when we opened up in May, when we came back in January. That's right. Yeah. And so now, since Easter, becoming a church planner, you have to learn how to become a um, marketing. You have to learn marketing. You have to learn social media. But one of the shifts we made was I, I told our marketing team, there's been too much real life church all over everything. It's like we're trying to grow real life church. And I said, the Bible doesn't tell us if we lift up real life church's name. He'll draw all people to us if we lift up the name of Jesus. So most of the time now, and I know people can't see what I'm showing you, but a shift that has happened since Easter is his name is Jesus. We've put we we've put pictures like this up in our lobby. We have one that says his name is Jesus. We have one that says only one name. And so we're trying as much as possible. We're not building real life church's kingdom. We are advancing the kingdom of God. He's using us. And this is who we're lifting up. I, I, I think COVID taught us that, that his name, nothing else yeah. matters. All this started happening. So what were you thinking? I mean, here you were having big numbers. You're having people coming to Christ left and right. I mean, what was going through your mind? Well, you know, like we said, <laughs> we were like, this is going to shut us down. This is, you know. I mean, were you in shock? Were you just like not even really sure? I mean, obviously, you were just you know, praising the Lord what God was doing. But being in the midst of all that, it can almost kind of make you numb because you you don't you can't count quite put together what's happening, what's God really doing. Oh uh, yeah, like you're talking well, about. I don't think most of the time I was looking at it like, wow, look. I don't think the majority of the time I'm going. Let me figure out what God's trying to teach me. Most of the time I was looking at it very worldly, like. They're trying to control us. And I'm not saying that there is a spirit of the enemy that is out there that is always working and always trying to stop what God's doing. But I wish I would have looked at it. Like, what is God trying to teach the church? What are we trying to learn here? And I think one of the things that uh, we look back now is a lot of us were forsaking being, we, we were taking for granted. We weren't excited to come to church. Yeah. Let me tell you something. When you get told you can't go anywhere but to Walmart, you start being excited about going to church again and engaging again and, you know, the gathering of the people. I think one of the biggest things, honestly, whether the world wants to admit it or not, I think one of the things the pandemic taught us is how truly important relationships are. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to be... Physical, like... Yeah, like actual being together, being in that physical space. And you don't even have to really, I believe in God, to have grasped the concept that personal in-person interaction is essential to survival because depression rates went up, suicide rates went up, addiction, alcoholism, alcoholism, addiction, all of that went up because we were isolated. And that's exactly where the enemy wants us. He wants us to be isolated because that's where he can begin to lie to us and deceive us. And, you know, Joel talked earlier about how he, when he recognizes he's gone too far too fast, he'll change it. And the thing is, 
like we kind of have an advantage to knowing the devil doesn't have any new tricks. It's always the same thing. The enemy's only attack against us is to lie to us. Yeah. That's it. That's the only arsenal. That's the only weapon in his arsenal. So when you think about that, then we can begin to think about transforming and changing the way that we think. And then he can't deceive us if we are replacing and constantly putting things into our brains to, to combat that. But that's a feather rabbit trail. But I think 2020 absolutely taught everyone, not just church, that that personal in-person face-to-face relationships is essential to human survival. And one of the biggest things that, whether you could say 2020 taught me this or not, but a guy came to meet with my staff uh, a few weeks ago, my volunteer staff mainly, and he was wearing, and he said a lot of cool things, but he was wearing a bracelet that wrecked me. It had a question. It said, did you learn to love? And I just, I'm a very visual person. Uh, I experience things and I started thinking, what if Christ asked me that question in eternity? Did you learn to, because I learned to be a marketer. I learned to be a video editor. I learned to write songs. I've learned, I've learned to preach sermons. I've learned to be effective communicator. I've learned to do social media. But did I learn to love? After reading that bracelet, I heard an interview with Rick Warren and, and he's getting ready to step down soon. And he was up to preaching like five or seven times a weekend. And somebody had said to him one day, man, you must love preaching. And he said, no. In fact, that's the least favorite part of my job. He said, I do this because I love people. He said, if you can't love people, you need to get out of the business. And that took me right back to the, and and I'm going to be honest with you. I'm learning to love. I'm learning to love. I I love the easy people. Like um, we have a small (laughs) team here with us this weekend from Real Life Church. There's people that are easy to love. There's people that are not so easy to love. Discipleship is a big thing that, that we've realized. We have a bunch of immature Christians and, and uh, immature Christian leaders at our church because it's all new people. And we were going to go to a leadership book, some sort of leadership book, something from John Maxwell. But we actually decided because we have such immature Christians, and I don't mean that in a bad way, and I say this from the stage. Young, young Christians. We're actually putting all of them through the purpose-driven life. I don't know if you've ever read that or not, but I read it 20 years ago. Well, I've gone back (laughs) and I'm reading it with my team. 20 years different, now a pastor. I'm underlining almost every (laughs) single line. And it's foundational. It's stuff that we just forgot of what it means to, to love God and, and, and serve in the church and how valuable the church is and how valuable unity and, yes, and how you have unity. to fight for unity and how discord and gossip is evil from mm-hmm. the enemy, you know? Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're putting all of our leaders uh, and then anyone who gets saved at Real Life Church now gets a Purpose Driven Life book, you know? So we're just, man, we're just trying to grow our people, disciple our people, so that they can go disciple. You know, yeah. found, we, we believe found people, find people. We believe save people, serve people. We believe growing people change yeah. and that life is better together. And we're trying to teach them the fifth one, which is you can't outgive God. Generosity. <laughs> yes. That's a, that's yeah. one that comes a, a little bit. A little bit you know, later. But yeah. I don't know if I answered your question. And I remember saying that a lot in my interview the first time. <laughs> we said a lot of things. Yeah. But. 
and I appreciate you you guys sharing the journey. This is an incredible journey that you've been on in in, this, in a short period of time, in just yes. a year. Yeah. I mean, for a church to grow that quickly and see see that many people come to know Christ, some churches don't see that in a lifetime. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's mm-hmm. been incredible to see that. Thirty people since Easter have been saved mm-hmm. since this Easter. Yeah. yeah, we're running three hundred people yeah. on a regular I basis now. Yeah. After a worldwide pandemic, like like what should have killed us, yeah, yeah. grew us, yeah, yeah. Um, I think and- it's just proof that I think every opportunity when when we think, oh man, we should have planned better for this, we should have oh, capitalized we're, we're so on bad that, at yeah. and then anything. and then we do like plan something, and we're like, oh man, and then like the next Sunday is the biggest Sunday we have when we were trying to make that thing that we planned, and it's just a reminder that God doesn't need us. Like, it's like, hey, just remember. It's like, God, we wanted them all to show up last week (laughs) when we bought 2,000 or uh, 4,000 t-shirts, but he had them show up the The next week. The next Sunday. Yeah, you know. So it was like, he just is constantly reminding us, hey, just don't forget it's about me. And somebody, I think when we got here yesterday, somebody said, man, it's really amazing what God is doing at your church. And I looked at Diane and I said, it's nuts is what it is yeah. using these two yahoos. Yeah. <laughs> like We don't know what we're doing. And I think that we talked about this the other day in our leadership meeting. For us, we've just always tried to be who God has called us to be. And I believe he's blessing that. I believe that as we strive to not be like any other church, not to emulate any church that we've seen or known or heard of, but to just be who God has called us to be is all he asks of any of us. And that there is no formula for church planting, in my opinion, other than have big faith. Go be who God called you to be. Be who God called you to be and have big faith. That's it. Because that's pretty much all we've done. And when things should have fallen apart, he sends his spirit in it and things happen. One last quick miracle. Our computer was dying. Our main oh, yes. computer that yeah. was streaming. We needed it to stream out. And we just don't have money. We're a brand new baby church and we, we just, we get by. And this was a few months back. This computer was on its last leg. And we're like, we're going to lose the ability to broadcast to do a lot of different things. It was in February. And um, my wife says, well, I'm going to add it to the prayer list for the leadership team. And I'm like, okay, you do that. And I'm going to try and go get enough money on the credit card. <laughs> yeah. like, and we we'll see to, who gets there first. We just need to pray that God gives us this money. Um, and we're, we're talking, it was, you know, $5,000. Because it was yeah. a Mac. It was a, we needed a big dog. We needed a, a bad one. And uh, I, I couldn't, we, we couldn't find a... Nobody was going to give me $6,000 credit card. and So I'm kind of praying to God, kind of like, God, I know my wife is believing you're going to do something, but man, we we really need you to do something. <laughs> and uh, we came to the church one Tuesday night and checked the mail because I don't check it often. There was a $10,000 wow. check from a church near Nashville that we've never met. We've never talked to them, but they sent us, they said, God has blessed us. And we wanted to give you this. I said, we we have been, God's really blessed us, like he said, and we've been praying and our church has voted and decided that we want to bless another church. And we've been praying about who that needs to be. And then we saw the article in the Baptist Reflector. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we were like, that's it. 
And, we had uh, no idea it was coming. So No, we had no clue. As a matter of fact, when I opened the envelope, I was like hollering across the parking lot, when's the last time you checked this mailbox? How, like, how long has this been sitting here? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's like, what, what? Yeah. He's like, what are you so excited about? And I'm like shoving it in his face. He was like, how many zeros? I said, that's exactly how many you think it is. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was $1,000. Yeah, I was kind of, right. you know, I was like, right. There's, nobody gave us to But it just showed us that God can do anything he wants from anywhere he wants and we just need to keep going and the most exciting thing that we've done is we hired our second yes. full-time staff member she starts awesome. this august yeah. and we we uh, i'm full-time and she's going to be full-time children's director and awesome. yes. we do not have the money for it but we didn't have the money to pay me but god keeps providing and uh we believe we're going to have hundreds of kids uh come to jesus uh thousands of kids come to jesus through our kid life ministry Absolutely. And um, so we know we have to invest. That's right. Well, guys, thank you for just sharing your story about what God's been doing uh, uh, in your own life as well as uh, in the church at at Real Life and Bristol. And Bristol's my hometown. So it's always good to hear those uh, those stories of what God's really doing too. So all those kids, you can bring to Outback Camp. Right. right. Yes. Oh, we're planning. That's the goal. That's the plan. That's I said. Hundred teenagers next year is that's, what we want to do. Said, right. Next year, we're just gonna say we're not having church this weekend because we're going to family camp. <laughs> that's right. Awesome. <laughs> well, thank you for being here. Uh, those who are listening to our podcast today, if you're listening on, on iTunes or Spotify. Please leave a comment or follow us, and that will help others to see, be able to hear this great resource. Also, if you have any questions for uh, Joel or Angie, please leave, send us an email at ccinfo at tmbaptist.org. Until next time, I hope that you look for opportunities to start a conversation about Christ with someone you know. Thanks for listening to Camp Radio, a podcast production of TN Baptist Camps the official camps and conference centers of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. This and other episodes can be downloaded from tnbaptistcamps.org. The ministries of Carson Springs and Linden Valley are supported through the cooperative program and gifts received through the Golden Offering for Tennessee Missions. For more information, visit tnbaptistcamps.org.